45 Years of the Rockford Files, revised 3rd edition. The complete history of the Rockford Files on television, now completely updated with more than 20 new interviews, additional photographs, and a whole lot more. 45 Years of the Rockford Files, available now at rockford45.com, rockford45.com. Hi, this is Connie Stevens. You're listening to TV Confidential. Tony Figueroa and Donna Allen are with us for this week in TV history. This particular segment originally aired in August 2012. Let's move on to August 16th, 1977. 1977 was a bad year in Hollywood. It certainly was. It started with Freddie Prinz and it went down from there. I was going to say way down, but that would be bad taste. No. (laughs) (laughs) And there were a lot of people, uh, some incredible people that, that we lost that particular year. And, and, of course, one of the biggest stars that we lost that year was Elvis Presley. Right, and um, you know, going back to television, I mean, uh, he, I mean, people think of him in terms of his Ed Sullivan appearances, which got a lot of ink, but he had already made his debut on Stage Show and a few other shows. He was on with Milton Berle. Milton Berle, and certainly helped put rock and roll on the map to, on, yeah. a, on a broad scale. And basically one of the first television stars in terms of the, the camera capturing his movements, at least from the waist up. And, yeah, they have uh, issues there. And capturing that simmering magnetism. You know, but this was also or smoldering a good, magnetism. at the coming off, he was a good, I think, uh, Baptist boy from mm-hmm. the South who started singing, you know, in the choir. And at this time, you know, uh, my, my mom would tell me that, you know, where she lived in rural Ohio, you know, and try to buy records. You could not go to the local store in her town and find Elvis Presley. Mm-hmm. You could find Pat Boone, but you couldn't find Elvis Presley. Yeah. And and a lot of people said, "Oh, we won't sell that." And I think they used the word Negro music. Right. And you know, here's a guy, you know, from the South who is doing a lot of that type of music, and you know, is is getting on TV and helping maybe mainstream. And, you know, we lost Dick Clark earlier this year, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, Dick Clark was also very beneficial at mainstreaming, you know, different types of music. Yeah. You know, if this wholesome young man with a nice suit and short hair is saying, hey, this is great music to listen and dance to, the parents will go. And he was a white guy who sounded black. Yeah. yeah. Bridged the gap. And um, started from nothing. Yeah. Dirt, dirt poor. Literally, yeah. Literally dirt poor. And within a short, relative short amount of time, you know, was uh, king of the world, uh, at least king of the world of rock and roll. Um, and uh, there's a very interesting book coming out uh, later this year called Elvis and Anita, which is the story of Elvis Presley and Anita Wood. Uh, their five years together, but also captures those early years when Elvis was just exploding onto the scene. And he knew who he was, and he knew his impact. But at the same time, it was he was still very much the boy from Tupelo, Mississippi, mm-hmm. who uh, was as down home as uh, you you could be. And at a time, a pre-TMZ time, when you can invite fans to the front gate of your home and not worry about you know some yeah. of the stalker mm-hmm. issues that we have to worry about today. So it's a very interesting. You know, cultural look and a, a great love story, 
and a very interesting look at Elvis that is coming to bookstores near uh, near you and also available at elvisandanita.com. Okay, so I have two personal notes on Elvis. One, in the 1950s, my dad was stationed in Memphis. Ah. Uh-huh. So I don't remember the exact year, uh, but my dad was at Fort Benning in Georgia, and then he was at, and my dad dealt with all of the... Uh, all the new recruits and processing, and uh, he was, I believe he was already a captain at this point in the U.S. Army. So all the new soldiers getting inducted into the Army, my dad processed them. Uh, and at that time, a very, you know, young Elvis Presley was drafted into the United States That's right. Army. That's right. As my uncle, who I was named after, would put it, uh, my dad's the meanie who drafted Elvis. Wow. He's the one. He's the one. Several years ago, actually it was uh, a couple of months after 9-11, Donna and I drove cross country and we drove through Memphis and of course we had to go to Graceland. Mm -hmm. And I see the army documents and so I'm looking for my dad's signature and I can't find my dad's signature on this. So I call him up on our cell phone, which you know at that time was... Uh, weighed about three pounds? Weighed about three pounds. And I said, you know, I'm over here at Graceland. I'm looking. And he said, said, yeah, every other soldier, my signature is on it. But the, the, the upper brass actually did sign all the official documents. So my dad's signature is not on the same piece of paper with Elvis Presley, you know, with all the Robert. It was, yeah, I believe it was the colonel, not Tom Parker, mm. actually came down. <laughs> and his signature is on the same page as Elvis. But my dad does have... Uh, my my sister was uh, a couple of years old at this time, and El- Elvis asked my dad. He said, "Do you have any uh, children?" He said, "Yeah, I have. You know, so I have a daughter." And he said, "Well, let me give an autograph picture." And so my my sister still has her autograph picture of Elvis. My dad has one too, but uh, his stories about that was a poor kid who really bit off more than he could chew mm. at the height of his success, and uh, he would tell us stories about how in the middle of the night he would rent out a bowling alley. Or ran out of movie theater, and you know, and that's how he could enjoy himself. Yeah, you know, like all of his buddies, they'd go rent out the movie theater for the night and, and watch movies, or rent out the bowling alley for the night. And but that's the only way that he could enjoy some of the simple pleasures of life. Right, because he could not walk down a street exactly. or drive down a street without being mobbed, and and he lo- or he he couldn't even go to church on yeah. Sunday. Wow, he couldn't. Because all of a sudden, uh, everyone will be, you know, ooh, there he is, instead of paying attention to, you know, the preacher. So, And I do remember this particular day in 1977, I guess it would be the 18th, I was staying at my dad's place. That was the day of the funeral. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was, uh, the 17th was the day they died, so it was made the paper. No, he died on the 16th. He died on, so you're right, the 16th, so it would be the 17th when... I went to get the morning paper. You found out on the 17th. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm trying to lead to. And, uh, you know, my dad seeing the, the headline on the morning paper. And just, you know, again, you know, it, his comments were always, you know, he bit off more. He could chew. He was always in over his head. I forgot your dad was the guy. <laughs> my dad was the guy. Yeah, I, I think I brought this up before. I believe uh, you did, now that I remember. Yeah, yeah. and, you know, he brings, you know, it's not something that, you know, it's on his resume. You know, and, and, and uh, he had uh, 10 years in the Army, and he normally does not talk about, <laughs> you know, and, and by the way, you know, he does not make that yeah. uh it's an interesting he he will bring it up in conversation when somebody says oh yeah i'm you know i'm 
I'm from Memphis. Oh, I lived in Memphis. I lived in Memphis when your famous citizen was drafted. Is your dad still with us? Yeah, my dad's still with he's gonna us. Like, he's going to like this book. He's going to like this Good. And I will get a copy for him. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, but he, w- he was stationed in the South at that time. Other note, uh, I mentioned Donna and I went to Graceland a couple months after 9-11 driving cross-country. I thought Graceland would look like South Fork. You know, I mean, just, you know how, how, how the helicopter shot comes in and mm-hmm. you're going for a long yeah. haul until you can actually see the physical details of South Fork, the ho- you know, the house, mm-hmm. right? You, you see that, or like you would with Falcon Crest, you know, you yeah. see all the venues and then eventually you see... The mansion. Can, the mansion, right? Mm-hmm. You go to Graceland and it, it really is a, a beautiful tour to take. The, and we were there at Christmas time and they actually put out all the decorations that Elvis used to have out, mm-hmm. you know, the cool. old nativities and all that. It was really good. But it literally is a stone's throw from the sidewalk, the yeah. mansion itself, when you well, were on the street. It's not a mansion, it's a house. It's a house. It's yeah. a house. It's a house and. Beautiful house. Beautiful house. The parking lot is across the street. That's where they have the plane, the Lisa Marie, which is part of the tour. And they, you know, you could also visit Sun Records, which we didn't get to do this time, but definitely want to do next time. And then you get on the tour, you know, you purchase the tickets and then you cross the street and then you tour the house and you have the uh, earbuds. And at that time they had this new MP3 player. Ah, that was <laughs> a new thing. And you could, you know, just, you know, uh, it would play a sound bite when you reach a certain area. Mm-hmm. Then when you reach this next point, you hit B. And, you know, you go through the house and it's a beautiful display. And then you see other additions, you know, the stable in the back, which was kind of a garage, you know, where he could work on cars, mm-hmm. his racquetball court. Uh, you would have uh, the top floor is off limits. That, that has always remained private. Right. Yeah, that is because even when Elvis was alive, you know, that was for the family. Mm-hmm. Guests would be on the, on the right. ground floor. And then the tour ends after walking the grounds where you see the grave. Mm-hmm. And you see his parents and you see a little memorial to his twin brother, who, who, Aaron. who died. Aaron, uh, who died at birth. Then you no, have Jesse. Jesse. Jesse, I'm Jesse. sorry. Jesse. Jesse, yeah. Elvis. Aaron was Aaron. Yeah. And then when you're standing looking over the graves, there's a brick wall behind you. And you look over the It's a bunch of tract homes. It's Wisteria Lane. Yeah. And, and, and it's just amazing because... Uh, I'm just thinking, you know, any kid playing stickball, you know, those baseballs would come over and hit Elvis's yeah. grave right, right there. It is, it is uh, rather humbling, but I think it speaks very well to him. When we were taking a tour where the stable is, you know, they had video of him coming back from the army and being interviewed. You know, what's it like to be back home? And he was very, very thin coming back mm-hmm. from there. But you look at him and go, oh my, that's he looks just like Lisa Marie. Yeah. You could actually see how much Lisa Marie got from her father, as opposed to Priscilla. And you can see the bone structure and yeah. all that, and it's like, wow. But it is a, a wonderful tour if you're ever in that area. You know, go Also go see the Civil Rights Museum. But it, it is it's a wonderful, wonderful uh, place to go visit and a very important part of our history. Uh, just one final note on Elvis. As I recall, CBS News did an hour-long, they either did an hour-long special at 10 o'clock or they did like a half an hour special at 11.30 mm-hmm. just on Elvis because that's how big he was. He yeah. crossed he crossed culture and he crossed... And, and also news. just think of what tabloids were like at the time when Elvis died. Mm-hmm. And I remember where I was. I was on my way home from work at Sears and Roebuck, had the car radio on, and a news report came on. I've never heard a newscast like this. This is not a joke. Yeah. Elvis Presley has died. And I had never heard any newscast preface that way. 
Yeah. But I think I think that says I think that says something. Well, because you know, forty-two years old. Yeah, you don't think of it in those terms. But I remember the the Inquirer, the Globe, and all the other you know rags that you had at that time. Elvis is alive. You know, Elvis. You know. Yeah. Well, you Elvis still get is, those reports. You know. Yeah, we're getting it. You know, years later, the the body being stolen. Mm-hmm. You know, reports about that, which was a reality later that you were Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. And and so I think uh, the celebrity tabloid uh, uh, world that we had at that time certainly upped their game a little bit, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just this idea that you have this person that is so larger than life, and in death, people want to believe that it's not true. Yeah. You know, there's a joke in Men in Black. He didn't die. He just went home. Uh, <laughs> you have a situation, and I think he was really the first celebrity death, you know, Unless you want to go back to Valentino, where people across America, women across America, were committing suicide, or James Dean, where people did get rather rebellious and and and, and wanted to, you know, he didn't get to live long enough, so I'm going to live for him. Well, it's for and just for boomers. I mean, this was, I guess, the first real, probably probably the first icon of the boomer generation, yeah. and most of them, most boomers would have been in their late. 20s entering their 30s at the time so was, you know the, the people the boomers would have been the age when they saw him on Ed Sullivan yeah. they saw him on with Uncle Milty they they saw this they saw the evolution of Elvis mm-hmm. and I mean there wasn't you know from you know young thin agile Elvis army Elvis uh, Hollywood Elvis Hollywood Elvis, Elvis you know all all the movies to the last few years in concert and Elvis. then you know concert you know Elvis re- you know coming back to concert where he still looked good mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it's like 40s right. Elvis and he's putting on the weight yeah. and it's not the same and it's like uh, you know what's going on and and all the stories about you know him in the final days yeah what it was like uh you know when when Elvis died it you know and and I remember seeing adults having so many discussions about, you know, he had it all and look what he did. Yeah. Which we would have the same conversations about others. Tony and Donna will be back at the end of our second hour as we continue our look at this week in TV history. In the meantime, a couple of quick program notes. We mentioned the preceding segment originally aired in 2000. 12, a few years after that, in 2017, we had a chance to talk to Steve Bender, the Emmy Award-winning producer and director of the Elvis 1968 comeback special, the backstory of If I Can Dream, the iconic final number of the 68 Elvis comeback special, is available for free for listening on demand on the TV Confidential podcast, which you can find wherever podcasts are found. Also, our guest in our second hour will be John Biner. John Biner not only included Elvis Presley among his arsenal of impressions, he knew Elvis and shares many stories that give you a glimpse of who Elvis was as a person in his book, Five Minutes, Mr. Biner, which we will talk about in our second hour. We'll be able to stay tuned for that. In the meantime, we'll take a quick time out. Then Steve Beverly will join us when we come back on TV Confidential. Attention, this important consumer alert is brought to you by the Structured Settlement Cash Hotline. Did you know it's possible to receive upfront money in one large payment from your Structured Settlement? Yes, you can. If you're receiving a Structured Settlement spread out over time and you want to access your money today, call us. 
It's your future cash. Why not put it in your hands today? Don't wait any longer. This is the best solution if you need money to pay your bills or even help a family member who's been affected during this global time of crisis. Everyone needs a little money right now, and our hotline is here for you. If you have a structured settlement where you're getting money spread out over time and you want it faster, call now. This simple 10-minute call can get your money now. The call is free and it costs you nothing. 800-965-7987-800-965-7987-800-965-7987. That's 800-965-7987. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk tvconfidential.net talk at tvconfidential.net you can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential x.com forward slash tvconfidential or at tvconfidential on instagram and if you're listening to us on the tv confidential podcast please be sure to hit the subscribe button This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time homebuyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.